Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the depths of the internet. That was was a good (laughs) term, Kaya. Yeah. Um, Chipotle's makeup collection. Sure. Exciting, right? Okay. No, or not. Uh, And the sisterhood of the traveling ants. Yes. So this excited. Will be a really good episode. Uh, before we get into it, follow us on Twitter. We're at tea time underscore 33. And on Instagram, we're at tea time pod. Okay, before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence every inch stitch sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay, like Amelia said, we're checking in with the devs of the internet, something that we all try to stay away from most of the time, I feel like, but things have bubbled up to the surface, I feel like, that we got to discuss. Really yeah. odd category, uh, but I'm really it's excited. It's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Uh-oh. I'm going first. I'm covering the corner of the internet that is white millennial women on TikTok, <laughs> and I feel as though I am an expert in this corner because of my relationship with TikTok. I also am a white millennial woman. There you go. And, you know, we're dabbling with the retinol for the first time. We're aging a little bit. We're like dealing with like the younger generation coming up um, on social media and otherwise. And some people are really struggling, um, especially this very specific facet of the internet, uh, where it's like sing song theatrical oh. white women on TikTok making diss tracks about Gen Z. Oh, God. <laughs> And they're basically what I think the purpose is to like reclaim, you know, the side parts and the skinny jeans and you will not take us down. You can't tell me what to do and where. And to which I just say, please stop. It's so embarrassing. Like, it's just (laughs) I, I hate that I'm in this group of people. I just... It's so they're like, I got to call out a couple of people, like big creators that are doing this that have really blown Mm. up. And (laughs) if you want like a actually more thoughtful response to all of this, Palmer Hash wrote about it for Insider. So thank you, Kate, for that article. So read that if you'd like. So basically, there's a couple creators I want to call out. Sarah Hester Ross 
who I think is like a is a theater person because she has like a professional microphone. Fucking aren't they always? Her, <laughs> her house. And she is she wrote a song that says, Hey Gen Z. And she like basically just called out all the ways that they're wrong. And she's keeping all the parts that make her a millennial woman. Wow. There's another one. Uh, Cassie Smith tried to fight back after Gen Z tried to cancel Eminem. Anyway, it's this. This is not new. This conflict and like you know the generations <laughs> never really vibe with each other too well anyway. But there's a specific facet of like white women who are tr- who are just embarrassing everybody, all millennials, when they try to do this stuff. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, I just the side <laughs> part is not worth it. The skinny jeans really aren't worth it. Like if we were right. fighting over something more important I would be like okay like I get it like change is difficult but it's these dumb (laughs) things that they were like oh the side part is canceled like I have to make a diss track about it I can't deal with it you guys just I'm not used to being part of the embarrassing generation it's so crazy and I would like for it to stop because I wear a side part and I own skinny jeans I get it but like at the same time you don't have to post those things on the internet Right. Exactly. And like the kids are always going to be doing something different and always going to be cooler than us. Like that's what yeah. aging is. I don't, right. you don't yeah. have to wear a middle part. You just have to accept that they don't think you're cool, which is fine. It's just a right. fact it, of life. Exactly. It's not the middle part. It's really that you're uncool. And it's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's whatever. so many embarrassing sides of like the millennial generation that have been oh attached God. to us. Like a, the word adulting and like the owl phase everyone went through and like every like weird, it's, it's and Harry Potter, it's all being attributed <laughs> to us and I get it and I take ownership of that. But like, oh my yeah. God. I also have to say it's yeah. a little bit difficult because I feel like we went very quickly. There was no in between, between being like millennials are ruining the world and like millennials are old and embarrassing. Like we never, <laughs> oh we never God. went through a period where it was like millennials are the generation that is in control that are going to fix things. It was like, <laughs> no, we went straight from like buying too much avocado toast, ruining the housing <laughs> oh. market to oh. <laughs> attached to skinny jeans. And I'm like, why yeah. didn't we have a moment where it was like right. millennials know what they're doing? No, right. never. No. So I guess we upsetting. just don't. We never did. <laughs> well, and we'll never get it because we'll only continue to be less and less cool. It's true. Um, oh my God. Cool. That's really okay. depressing. It honestly is. <laughs> okay. What else is going on in the internet? Well, it's going to get darker. Uh, oh, no. Speaking of, you know, formative cultural texts for millennials, mm. uh, yesterday the first pictures, I guess you could say, of the new Space Jam movie came out. Mm. And it was LeBron James. He's the star of the new one. He was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly with all of the, you know, Looney Tunes characters around him. And Twitter absolutely blew up because Lola Bunny has a different design than she did in the original movie. So I clicked on and I was like, why is Lola Bunny trending? The poor person who runs Twitter, uh, who does the Twitter trends or whatever and has to sum up why people are talking about something. So this is what it said under the trend. People share their feelings about Lola Bunny, which is certainly what they were doing. So if you don't know, apparently Lola Bunny was drawn in a very sexualized manner in the first Space Mm -hmm. Jam movie and was a very important informative sexual figure, apparently, to people who grew up uh, in that era. Mara Wilson, who is very big on Twitter... uh, tweeted out and said, I once turned on a TV in a hotel in London and Space Jam was on. I'd never seen it. I was busy in 1996. But I said, who's that? My then boyfriend said, that's Lola Bunny. You don't remember Lola Bunny? I said, no. And he said, in a way I'll never forget, I remember Lola Bunny. Oh. <laughs> so Damn. Uh, the reason that people were talking about this is because Lola Bunny has been redesigned 
She no longer has the curves of the original Lola Bunny. Mm. She no longer has the crop top, the short shorts, uh, the just overtly sexualized imagery. She has just a regular basketball jersey on. Uh, She has been drawn a little more just, you know, not quite as curvy, which sure. (laughs) Sure. And just overt, I would say less feminine than the original drawing. So initially the backlash. for the male gaze. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the original backlash was like, from men who were like, they took away an, an icon of my youth. Okay. Uh, right. Lola Bunny. But then the backlash against the backlash started, which was <laughs> oh like, God. why does Lola Bunny need to be like a strong female woman? Because the person who created oh. Space Jam was like, it's important to reflect the authenticity of strong, capable female characters. I was like, it's a fucking bunny. Like, it's oh, a bunny. I see. It's mm. fine. So, and see, we can attribute this to millennials again, probably. Right. <laughs> and I I mean, the answer is always like, we just need to log off. But a lot of people then were like tweeting being like, Space Jam 2 scene. LeBron James. Hello, Lola. You do not make anyone horny. I respect you for basketball. Lola Bunny. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. So then it was like, well, and then, you know, people got mad about making her less curvy because they were like, you know, a woman having curves is not inherently sexual. Some women are just oh. built that way. And again, like, I, it's a bunny. Like, it's it's a rabbit. Yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, you know who also has a similar vibe, I think, God. to men is Roxanne from a Goofy movie. Do you oh remember my her? God. I think, yes. And she looks... Is she a human? I don't think she, I think she's a dog. She's a dog. Okay, and she has it. a side part. <laughs> See, that was sexy then. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I, there are a couple we're of gonna, characters. I'm going to make a circle back to Lola Bunny discourse during unanswerable questions. So stay tuned for that. But I just think everyone who has strong opinions about Lola Bunny, like, I understand we're all bored, sure. but like, just log yeah. off. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's yeah. a rabbit. What's also interesting is someone noted that the image that they're comparing the new Lola Bunny to the old Lola Bunny was actually a fan art, like on deviant art. Oh. Right. It's not even the original. She well, is very just, like, you know, no, sexualized right, right. in the original yeah. Space Jam, but you're right. All the like side-by-side pictures are not actually of. Right. So, uh, you know, I respect Lola's new outfit. Yeah. Wear what yeah. makes you feel good, girl. Like, sure. That's sure. all I have to say. Sure. <laughs> oh my God. And oh, now okay. the darkest corner of the <laughs> internet of all. <laughs> And again, it plays into the millennial thing because she is, wow, she is a millennial. Um, Okay, this will be brief, I promise. Uh, So I just want to talk about someone that I've been fascinated with for a long time. Uh, She recently had a piece come out in the New York Magazine, in New York Magazine, by Rebecca Jennings. It was called Confessions of a 32-Year-Old Drama Queen. And I'm talking about the one, the only, the legend, Trisha Paytas. (laughs) who is a YouTuber who rose to prominence in the 2010s after appearing on like a bunch of reality shows. I think they said 30 in this New York Magazine piece. Um, Wow. Yeah, she's been on everything from My Strange Addiction to America's Got Talent. You know, she was addicted to tanning. She tried to hold a record for the fastest uh, reader in the world, I guess, speed reader, talker oh, yeah. person. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, she is, this piece just kind of talks about <laughs> how she's pretty much uncancelable uh, because <laughs> she's had so many controversies and she is problematic, but she wears it with pride. And, uh, you know, she's a troll, but not anymore. Uh, that's what she said. And I found it interesting because like she is, yeah, she is very problematic. But 
there's a side to her and they actually kind of compared her to Donald Trump in this piece, but she has this magnetism that I think goes along with being just absolutely vulnerable and saying things that we're all thinking that no one would actually say, but she says them and it doesn't always turn out great for her. But it's, I don't even, it's, she's compelling. That's what it is. It's like, she's so compelling because she's she has, always has something to say. She's so weird. I personally think she's doing like an Andy Kaufman bit. She even has it in her. She has it in her Twitter profile, and and even in this piece, they were like, "Oh, it, all this, you you know, you're ironic." And she's like, "I don't know what irony means," which is a lie. <laughs> Trisha Paytas, that is a lie. But see, that is all part of her bit. She right. wants people to think that she's stupid and that she doesn't get it. But she's re- I really think she's in on it. It's a so. very confusing situation. And I think everyone who follows her, who has any knowledge of her, is also like equally confused. Like we talked about this yeah. off mic, but her comments on all of her stuff is like, <laughs> I love you, but I actually hate you. And then you're <laughs> yeah. so terrible and problematic, but like keep posting, co- like I, I would die for you. And I just yeah, think I no know. one can figure her out. And that's what the piece <laughs> explores. It's really good. It's just fascinating. It really is. And she and I think that is kind of the crux of it is that she no one can figure her out. And she just she is just a wealth of content. She's always giving us something. And she's really <laughs> funny. Like, she's very funny. Mm-hmm. I Exactly. And she's a train has, wreck. She, she's a bit of a train wreck. She's now engaged. Um, She has like publicly talked about how she could never have children because she's had like some like gonorrhea too many times or something. Jesus. I don't know. It's and, Yeah, but now she's trying to have kids with her um, fiance Moses. But um, and right. even the way she met Moses was insane. But that is another story. But <laughs> anyway, she's just so compelling and she's unguarded and she is just everything that I'm not saying every, everyone wants to be like her, but there's something about her where you're like, you know, I respect that you're so open, even though you're crazy. You yeah. Know? And you've so, been on the Trisha Paytas scene for a very long time. Years ago when we were doing Tea Time, you're like, yeah. there's a YouTuber, she's crazy. And we're like, okay. And now it feels like every everyone else <laughs> who didn't time, know her she's, before. She's chipped away at us. Yeah. You're, like yeah. link at a time. Be like, guess yeah. what Trisha Paytas did today? We're like, oh, great. Here we go. But now <laughs> yeah. like- here we now are. She's, now it's I know in about the zeitgeist. Her, yeah. I know. It's exciting stuff for all of us uh, fishies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> okay. Oh. Let's move on to the next category. We're doing relationship news, not worth the tea, and then a little bit of social media. Kate, go ahead. All right. Uh, we're starting with some fun news, some happy news. Uh, it's been a while since we've checked in with the U.S. women's national soccer team. An old Love tea them. time beat, but I'm still <laughs> obsessed with them. I still follow all of them on Instagram. Wow. Uh, and so you, wait, you refollowed them? Yeah. Because I know I, you unfollowed them. <laughs> so I, you've refollowed them. I unfollowed a couple. I'll tell you off mic which ones I found too boring oh! to follow. <laughs> uh, but I follow the interesting ones still. Okay. Um, okay. And two of those people are Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, who got married uh, last year, I believe. And they just adopted a baby uh, on February 12th. They adopted Sloan and they Aww. have been just a wealth of baby content, just <laughs> holding the baby, rocking the baby, pictures of the baby, <laughs> pictures of their friends with the baby, pictures of their Cute. dog with the baby. Uh, and just so, and they had really sweet messages about making sure Sloan is like aware of her own culture and raising her in a way that's respectful and like just all these different things and, you know, being a part of the adoptive community and it's just heartwarming i just love it i love them love the u.s women's national team and Mm -hmm. i'm still obsessed with them 
Normally, so, I'm dubious of the parents that make their infant children Instagrams, <laughs> which they have done. Sloan Phillips does fashion, <laughs> but this baby's so cute and the content so is so cute. pure. I'll make an exception. Yeah. I would follow immediately. Yes. Um, what else? What All else right. Going on? Uh, in other news, the Golden Globes were last weekend, mm. and you know it's been mostly covered on on other podcasts on the Ringer Network. Sure. Don't really care about the awards, but. Julian Anderson uh, accepted her award and she was she was on The Crown and, you know, she's on Sex Education. She's on a lot of like British shows. And she started talking with an American accent while she was uh, accepting her Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress. And people were like, whoa, an American accent? Julian Anderson? Uh, She was born (laughs) in Chicago. Her family lived in London for 10 years and then she moved to Michigan and she she like went to school in Chicago. But like people like did not know that she mm-hmm. had American roots. Uh, so, you know, people were just, people like to talk about stuff on Twitter. They were like, whoa, <laughs> like Julian Anderson, not British. Like I thought she was like, whatever, not a big deal. Enter Alec Baldwin, uh, <laughs> who was like accent discourse. I'm sorry, oh. someone has a fake accent. Uh. Seems like something that's relevant to my family lately. Uh. And he tweeted out a CNN story called Jillian Anderson's American accent throws some people off. And he said, switching accents? That sounds fascinating. Which, uh, Alec, she is not pretending to be British. She just plays a lot of British roles. She's Why an accomplished she? yeah. actress. But he Why decided to like, enter into that conversation a, willingly. A it's a great question. <laughs> it's a great hell? question. And so it turns out Julian Anderson has a lot of stands from her X-File days and her sex education role, which has a lot of devoted yeah. fans. Good for uh, her. And so they immediately bullied Alec Baldwin off of Twitter. <laughs> he deleted his account and balance has been <laughs> restored to the universe. <laughs> That's honestly a perfect uh, ending to that story. <laughs> thank you. That was great. Oh Good my for God. them and Good for us. The stand, as they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. As right. they deserve is right. <laughs> All right, next um, one. So I, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to, there's nothing to talk about because I the only thing I could find was like GEZ has another victim. But <laughs> then, honestly, divine intervention happened because the mass singer dropped a video preview of one of the performances. And when I say it was haunting, I <laughs> mean it, everything about it was haunting. Um, because a pair of Russian stacking dolls. Sure. May or may not be. Yep. Two of the three Hanson brothers. And they sang shallow in this preview video. <laughs> wow. Um, it's like a Mad Libs of content. Like, pick a, yes. pick a noun, Hanson brothers. Isn't pick it a song always shallow. with this fucking show? I mean, there has <laughs> yes. not been a singular thing that has made sense. Uh, that's that's true. That is definitely true. So it's on on brand for this show. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, you can kind of tell they're running out of ideas when they do these creepy Russian stacking dolls with like, they have the, um, the mouth move and everything. And usually they don't have that. And I guess we should have known when they had, uh, the last time they had a couple, a duo that were just, uh, outlets in a giant egg, which was just like, that is low hanging fruit. Um, (laughs) but are they they connected or can they move about independently of each other? You didn't watch the video? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, I'm a little offended, but uh so they were they were independent of each other and they were kind okay. of placed far away and it was it was dark and they put the spotlight on the first one, the bigger one, and he was like, Can you tell me something, girl? And then <laughs> then the little one 
decided to speak as well. And then out of nowhere, it grew legs. It grew legs and it started to move around, like kind of circle around for I'm going to have to watch this video. And you're watching this and you're like, what in the devil (laughs) is going on? What satanic like (laughs) cult is running this show? And it, it but even more egregious than this creepy Russian stacking doll routine they didn't even sing the most famous part of the song Shallow. They didn't get to the part where she's like, ah, you know, when she's like, <laughs> you know, that part, that part of yeah, Shallow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't even sing that part. But anyway, um, I was like mesmerized because this was just everything I could have ever asked for and more. I mean, this freaking, it's just like, oh my, I could, I had so many thoughts. I was just like, here are these dolls. And then one is revealed to be squatting and it just takes it to a whole nother level when you see it sprout legs. And it's just like, oh my God, it's so exciting. Um, at least for me. And then <laughs> to look at the comments, people were like, well, I would know that voice anywhere. And they were saying, it's the Hanson brothers. And it was, it's just like mind blowing. I'm so, I just, I'm so excited for season five. Okay. okay I'm so you. happy that you have this in your life, Amelia, and that it fuels you in this way because Thank it does. You. I really am happy for you. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> um, next is a little bit of not worth the tea. This is a PSA mostly to Olivia Rodrigo. Please, 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 please stay away from Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, stay away from Olivia Rodrigo. You both stay away from each other. So we talked about driver's license. That whole drama was Zoe Simmons. Uh, we She's just been blowing up. She's really awesome. And SNL just did a skit about the song and how like everyone actually knows this entire saga and whatever, all the lyrics. So Olivia Rodrigo is interviewed after because this is an enormous deal. She's just been like exploding recently. And this is kind of like the creme de la creme, I guess, when SNL talks about you, or it was at least. Anyway, um, so she said, never in my wildest dreams did I think they were going to do a driver's license sketch where they play the entirety of the song, yada, yada. She goes, and Pete Davidson, who is my biggest celebrity crush, was singing it and comparing me to Taylor Swift. It was just insane on my 18th birthday. So it was a crazy day. To which, that's fine. She could say that. But just, that's, <laughs> just don't start dating each other. I just, when <laughs> celebrities like put that stuff into the world, I always think that like some DMs happen or some sliding or some like my people can maybe feel out your people kind of thing. And to which I just say, no, don't, you know, enjoy the fame. I think that's perfect. That's it. Okay. Um, And then lastly, also not worth the tea, but this is more fun to talk about. Um, I read this on InStyle and then I did a lot of digging elsewhere, but the makeup company Elf and Chipotle have collabed on a makeup line that is dropping on March 9th. Um, <laughs> and there's an eye palette and there's a guac face sponge set and oh. a makeup bag and a lip gloss. But I specifically want to talk about the eye palette. Uh, <laughs> this is not as chaotic as an idea, but like, I, I mean, I was not in those rooms as they were discussing the merit of a Chipotle makeup <laughs> line. But like... It's so puzzling. So this this eye palette, which I have linked, and I hope you all click into it. Yes. You can find it on the Chipotle Instagram account. Perfect. It's, it mirrors the lineup, the cafeteria lineup of what you can get in a Chipotle anything menu item. Oh. So like lettuce is next to the guac and it's got the hot salsa and the green salsa right <laughs> above it. It's covered everything. It even covers sofritas, which I love, but I I didn't think anyone paid a single fucking mind to that item. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) my problem is just that like they they named each color as the actual food item. So like 
you can put pinto beans color on your <laughs> eye. And I just think that I'm so confused about all of it, you guys. It's just, it's so troubling in these times. <laughs> it's, the colors aren't that bad. Some of the warm tones, I'm like, I would use these. Sure. My only thing is the greens. The lettuce and the guac and the green salsa <laughs> are like gross greens. They're like, I, who's putting these on their eyeballs? Not I. Right. Sure. And, and also, but why in general? You know what I mean? Because Chipotle in general? is so good. And fa- I, they were obviously, I don't know who they're trying to reach. Maybe Gen Z again? Because ev- I mean, you know, that's I, what everyone is trying to do. I think you're right. And also, I think there's like that element where, you know, they've had like Cheeto uh, collaborations with other makeup brands and stuff. Oh, is that right? Like, yeah, they're like, oh my God, I've, you know, Cheetos. Like, this is so I, like funny. I, I don't know. Yeah, the, also, that's all I got. <laughs> go ahead. They, the only real meat option or, or like sort of filling option like that they have is sofritas. They don't have beef. They don't have oh chicken. My God. They don't oh have my God. You're right. Pork. <laughs> which I'm like, carnitas. Browns, browns are colors that people actually wow. use on their eyeballs. Why did we need four kinds of salsa and no meat? <laughs> Why did they do that actually? And sofritas, again, I love and I'm glad it's getting the recognition it deserves, but they could have labeled it chicken it just, and been yeah. fine. I mean, that's the same thing. That's I really mean, bizarre. That, that is really weird. Bizarre. Will but will these make it? Like, will the black beans and the pinto beans <laughs> colors make it onto beans TikTok? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think I fell off of beans TikTok because oh, I'm a millennial no. white woman TikTok, unfortunately. <laughs> but if you can hear me TikTok, please take me off of that algorithm. I don't like it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app 
just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, let's keep going. I'm so freaking excited for this category. We're doing cringe mode, the sisterhood of the traveling pants, the classic book series, and then 2005 movie. You guys, spoiler alert, we're going to be doing this today. And then next week, we'll be doing the second sisterhood of the traveling pants. So watch that. Read that if you like. We did not read these books uh, because we all have full-time jobs outside of the pod. But um, (laughs) let's go through this movie. Kate, do you want to take us through the plot? Yes, I will run us through the plot briefly. Also, I want to clarify, have read the books, love the books, just did not reread the books. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, first Sister of the Traveling Pants movie. There are four friends, Bridget, Carmen, Tibby, and Lena, and they're all spending their summers apart. Uh, but they've found a magical pair of jeans that fits all of them despite having different body sizes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they send the jeans around in all their respective places while they're apart for the summer and it brings them together and it's like a sign of their friendship. So Lena goes to Greece. Uh, she's Greek. She's visiting family. She meets a really hot fisherman named Kostas. who's just mm-hmm. iconic. Chef's <laughs> kiss. Uh, has a little summer fling. Bridget goes to soccer camp in Mexico, uh, ends up hooking up with a coach. Not great. We'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Carmen goes to visit her dad who walked out on her family long ago. It turns out he has a new white family that she feels very apart from that he didn't tell her about. Carmen has a really shitty summer. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, and then Tibby stays home, works at the grocery store, befriends a young girl who has leukemia, uh, mm-hmm. makes a documentary, uh, just goes through a lot, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and they all grow and learn and wear jeans. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, that was good. Great job. Thanks. All right, let's do the highlights. Kate. I love this movie so much. Uh, <laughs> I know people are already going to be pissed that we included it in a cringe mode because it's perfect. Again, cringe mode is just shit we want to watch, you guys. Just accept it. Uh, <laughs> we love this movie and we wanted to watch it. Uh, and it's from 2005, so obviously it does have its cringy fashion moments, certainly. Um, oh, yes. But I would do anything for a third Sister to the Traveling Pants <laughs> movie. I loved these books growing up. I love this movie. It's fucking great. And yeah, I just really want them to reunite and make another one. I would Me too. And they, they have been talking about that. I have some info mm-hmm. later when we talk about their everlasting mm. friendship. But All right. it's uh, not completely dead. But yes, this this movie was perfect. I watched it like kind of twice in the last 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> it's just so good. There are so many fantastic moments that mm-hmm. have stuck with me this entire time since watching it. A lot of things I remember. Also, I have been searching for a pair of pants like this or any kind of like traveling pants um, item for basically my entire life since reading this. There's something that is so lovely about this idea that I think I just have been like, you know, looking for a similar item that I I have not Mm -hmm, found mm -hmm. anything that has like matched me or in any other friend or sister of mine, whatever. But um, (laughs) I just have been searching for these magic genes basically since I read the book and watched the movie. Haven't we all? Yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, On that note, I just want to say when they're finding the genes in the store and they're like, oh my God, try them on. And like, I think a couple of them try them on in the actual, like behind the curtain, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the changing room. And I, I forgot that Blake Lively and America Ferreira just stripped down in the middle of the store. And <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, like, it doesn't matter because it's a movie, but I don't, I don't know why. I, I just found it hilarious. I was like, what? You're sure? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, that made me LOL. And also that scene, and I guess Blake Lively's underwear was deemed 
Iconic by Shondaland.com. So there you go. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yes. This movie has great like granny panties representation. <laughs> like <laughs> anytime <laughs> they strip down their underwear, it's just like the laundry day underwear. And it's just great. It's so relatable. Mm-hmm. I am so happy you said that. That is so <laughs> important. I'm like, yes. Know. Yes. <laughs> also, all of Blake Lively, she's did a lot. Um, I wouldn't say she carried this movie. I think all of them did equal parts, but mm-hmm. she has some iconic scenes that have also stuck with me. They mm-hmm. make that girl run uh, pretty much <laughs> everywhere. And her hair is always down, which I can't. Yep, I, I have we, that. <laughs> I went on the tirade when we did Amanda Bynes, She's the Man, and they made her play mm. with their hair down. And I it drove me crazy. Can't stand it. <laughs> but she's apparently this like all-star soccer player. And she's got this long, down-her-back blonde hair. Yeah. Anyway, her running scenes, she's all shoulders. Obviously, Blake Lively is not an all-star soccer player, but they make her try her best to portray that. <laughs> um, and she has to run on the sand for like an extended period of time. She like runs in boxers at the end of the movie. It's like a little inappropriate. But anyway, <laughs> I loved all of Blake Lively's running scenes because her form's not great. And it's just Blake Lively kind of like trotting around. <laughs> but it, it like, I don't know. I just loved it. <laughs> agree. Agree. I think a part of me is like, I don't know if I'm going to like or rewatching it because I hadn't watched it in a long time. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to like this Blake Lively stuff, but I mm-hmm. actually really did. And I also want to shout out her, uh, I guess, Greek chorus, if you will, of fellow soccer players. Every time she says dumb stuff like he wants me to go to the cantina and they look at her like she's nuts, but they still go along with whatever she does. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, at least there are some people in this movie who know that isn't a good idea, but are willing to still, you know, further the plot by going along. And, you know, I just want to shout them out because they seem like great gals. And the funny thing is, if this was in real life, we would hate this person. If you have (laughs) someone at camp who's like flirting with the coach as you're trying to better yourself at soccer, and he's like, oh, that, he wants you to go. I would hate that girl. But because it's like, you know, she's one of the four and she's a part of this movie, you're like, you love her. For yeah, no reason, you're like really. fine, fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pour the water um, all over yourself, Blake Lively. That oh makes my, sense. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that was oh, it's a bit over the top, but that was I'm over the top. It. Yeah. Well, there you go. And I also appreciate that we have four storylines going here. And personally, you know, my attention span is shot after watching so many TikToks and reels <laughs> and just you know very short little content bursts of video. But anyway, um, and each of them is so defined and interesting. And I didn't find myself wanting to skip over anything, which again is very, very, I cannot stress enough how rare that is for me nowadays. (laughs) And I don't, they tackle a lot of stuff in these two hours and it was just, but it was so enjoyable. And I just rewatching this movie movie made me feel so happy, which is like something honestly I needed because I've hit kind of a COVID wall. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) your voice like fraying. (laughs) (laughs) Really drove it home. (laughs) So I, I really needed this. Like I can't stress enough. And it was everything I wanted. A hundred percent agreed. Natasha Bedingfield's unwritten was the piece of this experience. (laughs) I didn't know I needed. Um, Okay. Because we have to, let's do some low lights. Kate. Uh, This low light kind of goes in hand with Amelia's highlight. uh, And it's also kind of a sneaky highlight. I agree that none of the storylines are bad. They're all like very compelling, but they're a little unbalanced in terms of how these Mm. summers get to go. Uh, (laughs) 
obviously like Bridget and Lena are like, first of all, they're like clearly the hot ones. They get to go to these exotic vacation spots. They get to have these summer flings with like really hot guys. Again, like it's a coach, but like we're going to get there. Uh, and then <laughs> fucking Carmen and Tibby, one of them gets to befriend a dying girl and the other one gets thrown in with a toxic family who doesn't want her. And I'm just like, you couldn't give one of them a fucking boyfriend in this movie. Like balance it out a little bit. Completely. But actually, Carmen and Tibby obviously are like have the best personalities and are like really the most fun to watch. And America Ferreira and Amber Tamblyn are like arguably much better actresses than the other two. So uh, <laughs> it is fair in that sense. But I'm like, damn, like throw them a bone. Give them a something, some something good to go in this summer other than the damn jeans. I agree. It's egregious Carmen's storyline. I was like the dad in that whole situation is just a B. She ends up throwing a brick through the window, which like I honestly get because a lot mm-hmm. was building up to it. Like her summer, she shows up to her dad's house within like 30 seconds. You find out that he has a female roommate. Oh no, that's actually his fiance. And then he's got two annoying little like white stepkids who are matching in pink outfits. And it's just Awful. like horrible, horrible. That he's like has accepted Jesus into his life. He's a completely different man. I would be <laughs> so pissed. And right. I and the, yeah. the problem is that he didn't tell Carmen anything. I'm like, phones existed, my guy. Yeah. Like you're getting married. She goes to try on the bridesmaid's dress and the woman's like, oh, I guess he guessed your size wrong. I'm like, well, maybe if he told her there was going to be a wedding and asked her what size dress she wore, I'm like all of this poor Carmen like all of this can be avoided they deserved that brick through the window 100% (laughs) I agree I can't remember what happens to her storyline through the next couple books I hope she gets like a really good summer somewhere but I can't honestly remember how that works okay next low light low light for me uh, at the beginning they're talking about the rules of the pants and I believe they say by this in the books which is that one of them is that they're never gonna wash the pants which like logistically no like I, I like you know you're not supposed to wash jeans that often especially like Madewell ones or whatever you know I don't wash my jeans I probably wash my jeans every couple weeks and I feel like that's a lot but like what if someone spills something what if, like four other people are wearing these jeans constantly they're traveling through the UPS mail system like you have mm-hmm. to wash the pants uh, mm-hmm. but canonically I believe they don't wash the pants however the very first person to fucking get the pants is <laughs> Lena in Greece. She goes out on a fishing boat. She falls into the ocean. She's fucking throwing fish back next to her new boyfriend. And then she sends off the pants back to the other person. I'm like, D- tell me you washed them. Like, please reassure <laughs> me that you immediately broke that rule. Just like didn't tell them what you were doing in the pants and wash them. Right. Because like otherwise they're going to smell like fish until the end of time. Mm. Yeah. Imagine air drying denim with fish and then mailing it for like four <laughs> days across yeah, on, like, the, the world. Same, on like the same clothesline that uh, her grandma's like hanging the octopus for dinner like just toss right. the pants up there like it's fine they already smell like fish there'd Very be gross. something growing in, in yes the, 100% you know um okay so Kate I know you're like our point person for calling out like this was an unnecessary storyline it was too sad we didn't need it and you didn't comment on this in the outline so I'm curious you might disagree with me and I could be wrong pinning this on you but my opinion the leukemia storyline with Bailey the young kid that Tibby spends her entire summer with is so flippin' sad. And it kind of goes back to like our unbalanced analysis of like these girls' summers where Tibby just gets shafted at every turn. And I <laughs> think does. there's this scene where Bailey basically dies in front of Tibby, right? Like she is in the hospital bed. Tibby's right there. She's like, they put a bunch of gray makeup on her and the girl's like, ah. 
I can't. And then she passes, <laughs> oh. I think. And it's so freaking sad. I, I, It was a bit too sad for me. I didn't like revisiting that storyline. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I agree that it is very sad. I think part of why I like these books is it's like t- talking about teenagers, but like they have very adult problems. Like mm-hmm. even Bridget and like, you know, wanting this coach and then like hooking up with them and then realizing that it's it like wasn't the right time for her and she wasn't ready and wanting her mom and her mom's dad. And like, you know, I mean, they're very uplifting, like fun books and movies, but like, they're definitely not lighthearted from Mm -hmm. a plot standpoint. So I do think Mm -hmm. it was really sad, but I do like, I like the plot with Bailey overall, I would say. Amelia. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of, maybe I'm a masochist, but I, I was like, yeah, bring it on. I want more <laughs> of this story. I, I don't know. I just, it was interesting to me. I don't know. I don't also, know. like, Tibby's such a cynical person and, like, Bailey just yeah. changes her and she has hope That's, in yeah. the world. And, That's like, true. you know, her whole goal for the summer was to, like, find the little things and, like, the people that, like, you would have looked over and, you know, she makes a documentary about Bailey and it's sad and sweet. <laughs> You're right. I think she also does, like, nods to Bailey later on. You know, mm-hmm. like, she, her story is not completely, not correct, pun intended, but dead. But, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to what has aged the best and the worst. I don't know if this stuck with you as much as it did me, but not that I quote this, like, in my daily life, but the line, the scene, I can picture it in my head where Blake Lively is flirting with her soccer coach, Eric. They're running in the sand. Her hair's mm-hmm. down. Her shoulders are moving everywhere. <laughs> and he, she goes, I play forward. And he goes, so I've noticed, like, oh. wink, wink. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The most iconic line in cinematic history. I'm not joking. It, I play forward, so I've noticed. Are you kidding me? That is, oh, just so good. I can just see it in my head. I can replay it at a moment's notice. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, follow up to that. I think Kostas also has a really good romantic line where he's like romancing Lena and she's like, our, our grandparents hate each other. And he's like, what do the arguments of old men oh, have to do with us? And I was that's like, a good oh, one. Wow. great point, Kostas. <laughs> They don't have anything to do with us. That's what this book's also did, was it? Ignited a little something, something. (laughs) Young people (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. It's like... You're, you got so inspired by the play of forward line and I'm over here being like, did you guys see The Masked Singer with Taylor and Isaac Hansen? (laughs) The same exact reaction. Uh, We all have our things, Amelia. We do. It's true. Something that has aged truly fantastically also is like these women's genuine everlasting friendships. It's so sweet. They did these movies. They did the second one. The third one never came around. But like they've been talking about it even as like 2018, 2019. So it's not over by any means. But these women have all gone on to some of them have got married. Some of them have had children. They have like bonded through motherhood. And the four of them are just like true real friends that have lasted decades now. And it is so sweet. They still keep in touch. They're all, their careers have done very different things, but I just love that at the, like at the, you know, heart of it, these women are actually like really close friends now and it is extended mm-hmm. not to really, but like beyond, you know, the books and movies, it's just really sweet. Yeah. Especially as Amelia, me and you spend so much time talking about Miranda and Sex and City and these like <laughs> that other thing that people kind of, the other set of four women, that's like a really mm-hmm. iconic that have been broiled in fights and all and drama. Right. The great group here. It's sisterhood. 
It's that's so true. And I love I, th- I swear there's probably been like a BuzzFeed article being like, oh, my God, I didn't know that Blake Lively and America Ferrera were such close friends. Like mm-hmm. five times they were really close friends. And it's <laughs> but it is it's kind of like interesting because they're so different or at least you associate them with being so different. But they're yeah. still like really good friends. And she's yeah. Like, and they were Great. such young women when they did these movies and like mm-hmm. to just yeah. be just, I don't know. They're good. They're good people and it's good friendship. So yeah, I like it. Love that. Um, all right. What is age the worst? Um, Worst or I guess this is more of a question. And again, this relates maybe Jillian Anderson. This is a question she can answer. Um, If Costas lived in Chicago until he was 12, why does he have an accent? Or can you change your linguistic style if you're still young like that? Does anyone know? I need answers. These are hard-hitting questions. I I totally agree with you. I think they either should have picked a different actor who was less like clearly had lived in Greece or or made him like move over younger or like be born in Greece, go to school in America, come back to Greece or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, you can have an explanation for him speaking English that doesn't totally undermine why he is the way that he is. Because I agree, he this doesn't make sense in terms of how he talks and like how his character is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just (laughs) very confusing. And Mm -hmm. so for the rest of the movie, I was like, hmm, I like you, but are you a liar? I don't know. (laughs) You can, um, can never trust anyone these days. After Hilaria, yeah. who knows? Oh who my knows? god, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh god. And then also, I would say best. You know, I freaking love. We briefly talked about it already, but the soundtrack to this movie is so good. I remember there was a song called "Be Be Your Love" by Rachel Yamagata, and it is underrated. It's playing when she and Costas are together or whatever, and is really beautiful. It's so good. There's other ones, but obviously Unwritten is, Mm. like we said, uh, it's iconic. It brings back (laughs) a lot of great memories. That song was everywhere in 2005. It was the theme song to The Hills. It was in this movie. It was playing all the time on the freaking radio. It was, it's just a great song. It's just Mm -hmm. a great song. It is. It's so uplifting. It just takes you yes. back to a time where life was simpler. I just love it. It's also a really good karaoke song. Um, oh, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kate, what do you got? All right. I have three quick age the worsts in a row. First of all, Blake's extensions. Uh, I know that her hair is part of her character. Like in the book, every description, it's like her hair. It's like capitalized sometimes. <laughs> she like cuts it in one of the books and it's like this huge wow. deal. It's like she's, you know, into a depressive state. The hair is part of her. Uh, but the extensions are simply too long. They're too long. <laughs> I hate that she works out with her hair down. I hate that she's running on the beach with her hair down. Liz got into it. It's the worst. Yeah. Uh, also the worst. Listen. We all love a forbidden romance, but the coach camper relationship just did not age well. And I would say that it's not supposed to because, again, she like has this realization that it was wrong and like she wasn't Mm -hmm. ready, blah, blah, blah. But like they get back together in the books, like she becomes, she goes back to the camp and like becomes a counselor like the next summer and like they Mm. get back together and they both feel bad. But like, obviously it works out. So like it just, it's just not cool. There's a power imbalance. Not good. Uh, And then one more age, the worst, (laughs) the USPS, the United States Postal Service these days would never allow this movie to happen. Lena started with the fucking jeans. She took them to Greece. She wore them for a day. And then she mailed them to fucking Tibby. <laughs> they would never get there in the summer. They, unless she spent hundreds of dollars on priority mail, which they appear to. So like they appear to be spending a lot of money shipping these jeans oh. around. Uh, but like to get the jeans from Greece to the US, like Tibby would get to wear them wow. and then it would be fall and they would be back together. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. That's true. We're asking That's the logistical true. questions, which is important when examining a cringe mode movie. Indeed. Um, 
Okay, let's do MVPs. There's one for me. We all pick differently. I <laughs> mean, only I picked a singular person, um, and that is Costas because mm. we talked about it. But I think he did some little something for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Awakened a little something for everybody. So <laughs> I can't remember if those two end up together in the the book slash movies. So we'll have to see. Unfortunately, this guy Michael Rady, who played him, has just gone on to do a plethora of Hallmark movies including oh. one that says you're baking me crazy about a food truck <laughs> romance. But Ooh, anyway, oh <laughs> this was an iconic role for him. will be cemented in time mm-hmm. and just an all-time great male love interest. Uh, Kate, who's your MVP? My MVP is an image that was taken from the Kids' Choice Awards in 2005, <laughs> the year this movie came out. And it is the thing that puts the cringe into cringe mode for this movie. It's a picture of the four people that are in this movie. Uh, Blake Lively, America Ferreira, Amber Tamlin, and Alexis Bledel. And they're in the height of 2005 fashion. I also want to give a shout out to Blake Lively's original nose, uh, which is yeah! also featured both in this movie and in this picture. Iconic. Love her. Uh, R.I.P. And these, the fashion, whenever we talk about like bringing thousands fashion back, this is the picture I think of. And I'm like, we cannot allow this to happen. We cannot let Gen Z bring this back because it is horrible. The hair, first of all, they're all rocking a side part in this. So shout out (laughs) to them. Uh, They've got the necklaces. They've got the lace. They've got the low rise jeans. And it's awful. It's just awful. We can't let it happen again. We cannot let history uh, be relived. Right. This is just begging us to put this on our Instagram. I feel like, Amelia, this is your aesthetic no matter what for our Instagram account. <laughs> we'll but do. Especially when we'll talking do. about this movie. Um, oh. So who is your MVP, Amelia? I would say this entire cast because it, I cannot tell you how lovely it was to come back to this movie. And I sincerely enjoyed everyone, like all of the four women, but also the supporting cast. I really liked obviously Costas um, and the Bradley Whitford as the dad, as Carmen's dad, I loved. And, and funny, um, her little soon to be stepbrother, Paul, who was in a bunch of um, Disney channel movies. He was in Cheetah Girls. Um, His name is Kyle Schmid and he was Raven Simone's love interest in the first Cheetah Girl. Oh, what? Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh my God. The crossover event of the century. I mean, it's amazing. Um, Yes, he played Derek. And also he was in other Disney Channel TV movies. And uh, yeah, anyway, it was, you know, so it was great to see. It was like, yay, good, good for him. He's, Mm -hmm. you know. Doing, mm-hmm. doing stuff. So um, again, yeah, everyone in this cast just really worked well together. And it was just, they're, it's great. I just love it. It's just perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. perfect. No notes. Let's do no the notes. lightning round real quick before we wrap this up. So in your guys' opinion, Kate, you can go first. What is the modern day equivalent of these low rise, medium wash, probably boot cut jeans in your opinion? Okay, I may have misunderstood this question. I thought it was like, what would be the modern day like thing that we all fit into basically. And I was reminded, I was reminded of a time when Kaya, Liz and I all showed up to work in the same black Madewell button down. (laughs) (laughs) And Liz and I saw each other in the morning and we were like, look at us matching again. And then fucking Kaya burst through the door like Kramer. and was like, me too. Uh, So yeah, that's as close as we've ever gotten as a foursome, I believe. I think me and Kaya have like a lot of overlap in our closet Mm -hmm. and Kate, me and you like wear the same thing basically every day so there right. is a lot of a lot of yeah. Amelia, Amelia we're just waiting style. for you yeah 
<laughs> no, I thought yoga pants ladies. Yes, is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe in like this a Gen Z version, they could all just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, you can interpret this question a lot of different ways. I had no real sense of what I was asking. I think if you lean into the like impossibility, because the whole thing was like, oh my God, mm. how is this possible? We could do some real stiff denim, high rise, like straight leg, Ooh. light wash situation. <laughs> um, and yeah, that would be damn near. I can barely get that on just with my own size. Exactly. So I, yeah. Um, okay. Next, where would you want to spend the summer out of? Mexico, Santorini, South Carolina, or Bethesda, Kate? Uh, I've been dying to go to Greece ever since I saw this movie. Lena Caligaris <laughs> is like the OG Santorini influencer. Wow. I know influencers are like all over Santorini now. It's like not good anymore because they've like yeah. gentrified it. But she was the OG. She did it first. And I mm-hmm. wanted to go there ever since I saw this movie. Amelia? I, I agree. Santorini sounds amazing right now. And watching it, I was like, Damn it. But also, um, I would take Mexico as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, this this soccer camp was not like the soccer camp I went to over the summer. Uh, mine was in like a motel in Santa Barbara. So I would pick Santorini. Okay, this one's an interesting one. And I know we got thoughts. So match the tea timer to the sister in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Amelia, thoughts? Well, I got really like, I don't know if galaxy brain is the correct term for this, but very... I thought about this really hard. And I honestly think out of the times we've done this, none of us really, I mean, I think you can match like, okay, this person is this, blah, blah, blah. But personally, I think their personalities are so fleshed out and Mm -hmm. so like non-stereotypical that they don't really fit into a particular stereotype. Mm -hmm. And they really remind me of someone I know, or not I know, but I would be friends with. You know, they just like seem like real people to me. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of weird, but um, just like, again, this is such a testament to the writers and the actors. And I I just want to say again, I, this is just another <laughs> way for me to say this movie is flawless yeah. and I would do anything I would kill for a TV series to explore more and unpack each of the characters more. I, I would truly HBO Max, if you listen to this podcast, please <laughs> give us a reboot. Please. I would do anything. I would do anything for it. Agreed. And I'm going to jump in here because my comment makes more sense right after you said that is I think that there is no, even though we've now, as we've gotten older, realize that Miranda and Sex in the City is like a great character. We should be her with the career, with the whatever. But there's like no real like Miranda as character where no one wants to be that person in the foursome, you know, like it, yes. it's never an insult to be assigned to any one of those. I think like they give Tibby in this first movie a, like a bad run because she's like edgy and unhappy and cynical. But she's also like badass and very edgy and like doesn't care what people think and all that stuff. So I really don't think it, if no matter who anyone assigned to anyone, I just feel like there's no bad answer, you know? Yes, They're I totally great. agree. They're I also, I also, based on like very superficial reasoning, I do have an answer to this question. Yes, <laughs> go, good. Yeah, uh, go for it. Go based for on it. just like the dumbest possible things. Okay, first of all, I made myself Tibby because in college I was in <laughs> broadcast journalism and film studies and I was always fucking carrying oh. around video equipment and I was fucking <laughs> pissed about how heavy it was. Uh, and I'm also stuck in my hometown right now. So it just felt right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kaya, I said Kaya is Lena because yeah. Kaya would rather live on the beach and drive two hours to work every single day than not live oh on the beach. Oh my God. Uh, and she also wears dresses. <laughs> she wears dresses a lot and she consistently looks more put together than the rest of us. So true. That's uh, true. That is true. About her. Yes. Yeah. I said, totally. Amelia That's is funny. Bridget because Amelia was a big soccer player in high school. <laughs> hot shot. 
And Amelia's hair has gotten really long in quarantine. <laughs> I That's love this true. reasoning. Uh-huh. And then finally, my most just solid, solid choice. I said Liz is Carmen because little known fact in the next movie, Carmen goes to drama school. And Liz, as we oh. found out in the last episode of Tea Time, <laughs> considers herself to be a born actress. Yes. God damn it. I got uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Good. I love Good answer. <laughs> okay. Let's wrap this pot up. Let's do tea time's unanswerable questions. If you got thoughts on our questions, you can tweet us, DM us, whatever. Amelia, go ahead. <laughs> oh God. Sorry. I'm just like on a high from sisterhood of the trailing pants. I know. Um, me too. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. I, I guess, you know, I was, I went on a walk with my friend the other day and she is like the most adventurous person I know. She has been to all these national parks. And I was thinking about the national parks. And I was like, oh, my God, the national parks are so <laughs> fucking cool. And um, and then I decided I'm going to Google the national parks because I have nothing else to do. And it just reminded me of all the horrible things the Trump administration did to the national parks. And mm. it's, I'm so glad. I mean, he's done a lot of really shitty things. But this is one of the things that I think I don't think people talk about enough. Um, But thankfully, they're reversing it. And. Again, you know, to qu- not to quote Ken Burns, but, you know, America's best idea, the national parks, truly. Um, and I was wondering, do you guys have a favorite national park or maybe a national park you've always wanted to go to? I, I love do. how pure this question is compared to the other <laughs> two in this segment. It's so good. It's this really good. You. Uh, my answer is the Grand Canyon. I, I think it's Great one of the only one. ones I've been to. We also have the Indiana Dunes in Indiana, but they're just oh. like giant hills of sand. And I've never really quite understood their appeal. Yeah, my answer so. is the Grand Teton National Park. Um, been there. It's like the Teton Mountain Range, Jackson Hole. You should go. It's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. Um, and it actually reminded me of this cool company I know about, Amelia. And mm-hmm. maybe if others are interested, it's called Ooh. the Parks Project. And it's clothing, but they donate a portion of all their sales to like the National Park Association. Ooh. And it's really cute awesome. clothes, too. Like It's like very trendy, very hip. I've gotten it for yeah. like a bunch of people in my life. Um, and so, yeah, it reminded me that you know, we can we can do some things to combat. That's great. Oh my God. I love that. I well, <laughs> those are both great answers. I would say personally, I love Arches National Park. Um mm-hmm. when I drove out to when I moved out to Los Angeles, uh however many years ago, my dad and I took a detour through well, I, I mean we drove there, then we went through uh, you know, Utah or whatever. And um if you've ever just wanted to feel insignificant, and I mean that in a good way, just like <laughs> that you are just like that nature is immaculate and beautiful and scary and wonderful at the same time. Just go to a national park, go to arches. You will feel insignificant. And, and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. The vast beauty of these lands. And it's really cool that, um, you know, we've designated a decent amount um, of this country to, preserving them i think that's awesome we're the i think i read somewhere we're like the only country who's done that um who's designated like national parks so yeah you know just visit them because they're so cool and what a great time you know right now agree between this and all the sisterhood talk i feel like i'm gonna hit stop on my recorder and just like (laughs) go run a marathon like i feel so inspired i want to get outside i want to hug you guys i miss you so much um agreed okay agreed i cannot cannot believe we're about to pivot to sexy cartoon characters again Uh, this is my fault this is my fault uh okay 
Back to fucking Lola Bunny. Uh, my unanswerable question is, is there a Lola Bunny for straight women? And who is it? Basically, like, is there a male equivalent of Lola Bunny who was like, just like a sexual being that wow. wasn't necessarily supposed to be or like really shouldn't have been. Uh, I asked this on Twitter, had a lot of great responses. By mm. far, the overwhelming answer was Robin Hood. Who I oh have my to God. Say, I get it, but yes. would not have been my choice. I would have gone, I put this in the original tweet. I said the lion from Lion King 2, uh, oh. whose name is apparently Kovu. Uh, the bad boy of cinema oh. <laughs> as people <laughs> responded. Uh, okay. I, so a lot of people said Simba or Kovu. Sure. A oh. uh, lot of Robin Hood. I think Robin Hood was the overwhelming favorite. And then one person, thank God, did say <laughs> Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. You know, if we're talking Lion King, Scar has a certain toxic <laughs> energy I feel like could draw <laughs> a lot of, of people in. Yeah. Did you guys watch Zootopia? Oh yeah. my god, and the tiger, Zootopia. the tiger from Zootopia. Yes, yeah. some people did also say that. The backup okay. dancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the hot. Henley, the Henley on the tiger. You put anybody in a Henley, and we're gonna have problems. Come on. Amelia, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, any other thoughts to add before I ask my random ass question? Uh, well, I did think um, when you said, "Hey, this is my question," I was literally thinking of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. From yeah, that uh, was the, the overwhelming Fox. favorite. So I'm happy He's- for everyone who. Uh, you know, loved yeah. Robin Hood as a child. Right energy there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> lastly, I really hope all of you are still listening because I'm really excited <laughs> to talk about this. Should have just posed it at the top. But this week, the CDC like updated their zombie apocalypse preparedness list, no. which like is very scary. And then also I realized and researched that the 16th century French astrologer and seer his name is oh, Nostradamus. Predicted yes. that in 2021, it will what? be the year of the zombie apocalypse. What? And that book That's what we was fucking need. Published in 1555. Jesus. <laughs> what? So, yeah, I actually don't have much more fact than that because how did the zombie? I don't know. But anyway, the CDC has like given out a list of like how to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse, which is like really quite lame. They say, you know, emergency stash of food and water. And then like if you get a zombie bite, just use supplies to treat like basic cuts and lacerations. Anyway, they were not quite helpful. So my question to the group is who on tea time is surviving the longest in a zombie apocalypse? Wait, I have a question. Is this like some kind of a joke? to them because I really don't appreciate it. (laughs) I know. We're in such scary times. I only need like facts and like helpful answers. I need them to tell me that this is impossible. But they Thank you. Well, uh, this immediately makes me think of that tweet that's like, how do people in apocalypse movies have so much will to live? I would simply (laughs) pass away, which I 100% always feel. I'm like, I don't even like haunted houses. Like if we had zombies fucking running around, I would just like sit in a room and watch Netflix until I starve to death. Like I don't have a better solution than that. I watched like a million seasons as The Walking Dead and they had so much fight in them. And I was just (sighs) like, what is the point? Like I not to be too dark, but I would I don't have that much will to live and so <laughs> I think I would just go ahead and you know you know what just I mean just give up it just yeah. seems like running just away being up. scared like trying to fight just do it. yeah no I, mean, like, I, could, I wanna, couldn't be me I want your answers so bad I'm just saying that you know now's the time to take all of the illicit drugs and just go out that way and you know I'm not trying to make light because I know there is an epidemic going on but you know if if no there was time. one thing to do yeah. There's no better time. See what you're missing, I guess. 
you know? So Uh, what's the answer? You think Amelia, I think Amelia or Kaya are obvious answers. I just can't pick between the two Although I have to say, the big cities always go first. So like Liz and Kaya, done. Amelia and I think would have a better chance because we have less people around us. I think we could probably get into the wilderness a lot easier. Oh my God. Maybe just like head for the hills. Hope for the best. Head for the hills. Just outrun it as long. I I mean, Indiana has a lot of fucking fields. I don't know. True. My money's on Amelia, I think. She seems like really scrappy. And her parents parents are fighters too, you know? We've (laughs) met them. I like their odds. I mean, my dad, we're going to go up next week actually and get his second COVID shot. And There you go. Four hours. We have to drive four hours. And last time we did it, it was four hours up to Bemidji, a 30-minute wait, (laughs) and four hours back. That was my entire Friday. So Wow. Good. It's Lyle, oh right? God. I like Lyle's yeah. odds. Plus, he's vaccinated. So, like, I mean, my parents are vaccinated yeah. too. But like, if there's a zombie infestation, like, only the vaccinated can survive. Like, I like their odds That's too. True. Who the knows? Kellys That's are true. done. The Kellys the are absolutely Kellys done. Are done. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a, a good episode, I think. Overall, um, <laughs> thank you so much to our producer Kaya. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Owl. And I'm Amelia Weimar. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.